Welcome to Canada's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canada's podcast. It's the Atlantic Canada version, and uh, we've got uh, awesome guests as always, and today is no different from that. I wanted to introduce you to Mr. Andrew or Andrew Murray. Andrew is the founder and CEO of Aslan Renewables, a PEI-based revolutionary company who is revolutionizing renewable energy with scalable modular dams designed to bring Canada's 50,000 historical historical hydro sites back to the life with, with modern technology. Um, so, Andrew, this is very interesting because one is, how do you know there's 50,000 historical hydro sites? Well, I should say that probably easy when you get right down to it. Google Sheets, but why dams? And, um, and uh, how does it relate back to you, who you are as Andrew? Yeah, it's a great question, Rivers. And and first, thanks very much for inviting me. Um, I've been looking forward to this, as I told you, and uh, we're really excited to share this story with Canadians. Right on. Let me start with the dams. Um, this is an opportunity that I think most of the country is just not aware of. I certainly wasn't when we embarked on it. Um, we have found that throughout, like from coast to coast, uh, there are numerous kind of medium scale hydro sites that have been sort of decommissioned, kind of abandoned in the 40s, 50s and 60s as the country moved collectively towards larger hydro installations and cross-border power brokerage that we know today, right? So if we think of hydro in Canada right now, we're thinking of massive, massive installs, things like Muskrat Falls, you know, Northern Quebec. We're all kind of familiar with this. But what we don't know or what often we forget is the sites that powered our important communities, our towns that became the major cities. These are sites that were medium scale, used to house water mills and things like that. Um, and they were all decommissioned when we started building these massive hydro stations. So Aslan's mission here, we're building, we have built, we design and manufacture in PEI uh, a modular hydro dam system that's of medium scale. So these things, they power about 20 homes per site and they're built to fit existing infrastructure. They're built to fit the infrastructure that was left behind when those tens of thousands of dams were retired, right? Very cool. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the uh, the decommission of the wharf system along the river riverway system for for just boating. And so, right. so, so, uh, why why for you? What's it? You know, there's always that passion for uh, for a journey that an entrepreneur goes on. This podcast is about entrepreneurs, so why? Mm-hmm. Why is it important to you? Why is it fun for you? Why is it passionate for you? I mean, it started as something that was naturally fun for me. And okay. I want to say about Canadian entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship in this country that led me down this road. You know, I started as a tech founder um, about 15 years ago. I was supported by some of our great institutions in this country, Real Ventures, uh, a lot of groups in Toronto, and we built great tech products, right? We, I went through Founder Fuel as an accelerator. The skills that I picked up going through those, those steps in my career kind of gave me this knowledge to look at an opportunity like this and really realize the ability to, one, like build minimum viable products, garage scale kind of iteration, and then to have a keen nose for scale, right? right? 
Um, and so where this really became a passion for me is, you know, understanding the opportunity and then and, and the fact that just as kind of a tech entrepreneur, as someone who has an agile mindset, who likes to likes to make things right, right. Um, we could tackle that opportunity and that it could uh, it could really achieve an economy of scale that, you know, if we if we did take those initial startup steps, right, that that our entrepreneurial community knows so well, the impact that this could have for Canadians would be tremendous. So that's where it became a passion project for me. Like we started doing this on one single dam in rural PEI and it worked, you know, and then we realized that there were about 170 of those sites across the province where we could apply this. And just there in that one kind of provincial uh, uh, like sample, the energy output is upwards of 20,000 megawatt hours per year. That's a massive chunk, you know? So again, like we go back to that garage level, that bench, that bench scale iteration, when you can get that right, um, and then you can, you can have a keen eye for market fit, it gets really exciting really fast. That is so cool. So um, does, does a neighborhood, you sit up to 20 homes, you, you, uh, who's, who's your customer? So the customer right now is government. Um, what we're okay. working with provincial governments across the country. Uh, we started with PEI. So we built a PEI power purchase agreement there with the island um, so that the, the island can purchase that power, distribute it to, to the uh, to islanders, to people across the province. Um, but the same model is available and works well in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, Ontario, Alberta, all the way across. So the same model that we've put to put in place in PEI, we want to replicate that with the other provinces. So as in just it's really new news, um, we're yeah. just open conversations with Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Nice. Um, we do the same thing with Newfoundland. But yeah, I mean, the primary customer is government. From there, there are some other opportunities. You know, when we think about modular hydro, when we start taking this, this concept of large scale and pulling it down, making it more accessible, we can do the same thing for industry. We can do it for tidal. We look at concrete plants across the country that use a huge amount of water flow. These, this approach allows us to recycle a lot of that lost power um, and bring the, all of those industries closer to net zero over time, right? Mm, I love it. I love it. So talk to me about the first six months of your business uh, as it relates to, you know, customer acquisition. So when I'm at, we're, we're interested on your feet on the ground, what's happening in your life in that first six months to a year? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> Rivers, it's a, it's a little different, like starting to build a power company, an energy company in this country. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I've I've been through the uh, the cycles of building building apps, building web tech stuff like that, and going out into the market, getting that first customer, really like hitting the phones and all that stuff. Right. Um, and I I live by that. Like I'm passionate about this. This was a little bit different. I mean, we okay. we had some major environmental considerations to to take care of. Uh, we had to work closely with groups like the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, very closely with local indigenous groups. Um, to understand, you know, the history of these waterways and 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 what's deeply important to them, um, we had to work with fishermen, uh, local communities, municipalities, all sorts, right, to really get the communities on board. Mm -hmm. 
So that was a major step. You know, right after we figured out that this was possible, um, we started pulling together advisory groups that represented all of those different categories to say, can we do this? Um, is it, you know, and how can we best collaborate with you? So honestly, it took about three years of discussions after we had sort of pulled together an, an MVP um, to build the support within the community and within government to then say, okay, we can launch a new energy company that's focused on hydro, focused on water that's running through Canada, um, and we can scale it properly so that we can have an equitable business. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So what what did, talk to us about your team that works with you uh, to help you get to that, I mean, including, you know, partners that you want to make a reference to. That would be great. Absolutely. Um, so right off the bat, we built an engineering team um, that was the, that was represented by a great consulting group in Charlottetown PEI uh, called Coles and Associates. So this is an engineering group that covers everything from sustainability, a lot of work and environment, and they had a huge amount of experience within kind of government intersecting with government and building these big projects. Um, Doug Coles was an early partner in the business. He came in as an advisor to me personally, just as a great support system and kind of a coach. And Doug kind of brought me through the major engineering feats that we're going to have to go into this. So that was that was a major step. Um, second to that, like right away, we got into um, we built an advisory group of local indigenous. Uh, and this was our environmental stuff. So before we started filling out those applications with the Department of Environment or DFO, uh, we brought these guys together to say, look, what are the uh, what are the pitfalls? What are the roadblocks that we should expect? How can you help it? How can we work together, right, to get around that stuff? Um, uh, the Mi'kmaq Confederacy of Prince Edward Island, the Abiquit First Nations groups, like uh, we had some just incredible champions in there. And you know, Rivers, there was something special uh, in that early step, which was we went to them first. Like we right. sat down at the table. Mm -hmm. fresh knowing really nothing um and and built a great relationship that you know today when we look for new locations in the country where can we put where can we put this what would be a great candidate uh site for a new dam um we call on those first nations groups because they know the land so well right Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really phenomenal. Um, and then from there, I mean, the the, the support gathered. Uh, we built great partnership with uh, partnerships with watersheds, with uh, fisheries groups and communities, um, and uh, and then eventually got to government. That was sort of the last step. And sure. I gotta say, I mean, the the PEI government has been an excellent partner. Um, they've uh, They've entertained, you know, our questions and uh, and sort of the baby steps that we needed to take in order to make this real. And I couldn't give them more respect. Um, yeah, they they certainly gave it to me. So that's how it started. And now today, um, the uh, the major partners who are coming into the projects are universities. Um, yeah, I mean. This is a uh, this is a bit of a lean startup move, to be honest. Um, the universities in Atlanta, Canada, for sure. I'm sure in the rest of the country as well. But in Atlanta, Canada, in the Maritimes, our universities have killer programs to get their students engaged with early companies like this um, to help us do our modeling, our testing, making sure that you know we're we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's. So instead of me, you know 
jumping into the market and hiring a bunch of senior engineers, for example, we build student groups that could answer these, tackle these problems with us. And uh, I mean, we got really lucky now that the company is maturing. A lot of those students are coming into the marketplace and um, and uh, sitting down with us to talk about careers. <laughs> That's cool. Talk to yeah. me about the size of the uh, of the dams. If you could just give our audience a perspective as to what it is that you're ultimately outputting to put onto the uh, river system, waterway system. Yeah, I mean the dam configuration. Obviously, this is my baby. This is a uh, <laughs> this is a masterpiece. Um, the dams are very small. Uh, I'll, I'll walk you through kind of a description of it, and I'll try and, and, and stop me and ask questions because I'm still trying to get this down. You know, yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll have to throw a picture on the screen, and but... you said the lead started. Don't worry, about it. we're cool. <laughs> entrepreneurs talking. It's all it's, good. You got it. Um, so the dam, first of all, is a is a passive collection system, meaning you know we're working with existing sites where you've got. A whole pile of water falling over an edge down, you know, a decent elevator, maybe 10 feet. So okay. these sites, again, like these used to be the sites of water mills and stuff. Those were yanked out in the 50s and the 60s. And now it's just kind of a concrete culvert that each province sort of installed to hold that water system in place. Um, so we fit in a catch basin into each one of these things. Uh, catches 100% of the water that's falling over it. And then it funnels it down into four to six modular turbines. And this is where the modular nature of the project really comes into play and creates a ton of value. Um, all of that water, and there's quite a bit in this country falling over those, those little installations, those dams, um, gets collected, pushed down into a set of individual turbines that are about the size of a beer keg, right? Okay. So again, moving from that massive scale hydro system down to something more accessible, you've got four turbines that, you know, you can put in the back in the trunk of a Corolla, right? And, uh, <laughs> Corolla. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, you can, you can, uh, these are accessible at the top of the water level. So yeah. you know, it all catches at the top. It passively kind of goes over. There's no suction. There's no di um, disruption of kind of the ecosystem there. It's the same water flow that's happening right now. They funnel into these four or six turbines. Those turbines um, pull the water down through props, which turns the turns these motors, and then that's fed through conduit right into into the ground on shore, and then underground it goes up to a power pole and uh, right onto the grid. Um, the beauty of having those those small turbines create all this energy as opposed to one big system is we can play with them and again like that startup mentality mm. really factored into the design here because i can have you know our group or a group of students go out and say well you know i think that we can optimize with these turbines a little bit we can tinker with them um and uh make some make some small changes and so you can imagine on a single site that's housing four turbines, we can we can maintain them, we can play with them, we can horse race them to see to make little changes and see if one does better than the other. Um, we can really iterate and test. So that's made it really um, really easy to easy to optimize, easy to, easy to work with, and easy to grow. The other thing that it does is it's such a light system, right? 
that we can take them out or put them in very easily, you know, without a, without a massive amount of risk to the company, without a massive investment. And so, for example, you know, if we have a community come in that's very interested in having these on bo- running in their community, but um, they're concerned about the amount of power it's going to make, or you know, is it going to? Who knows? There, there are all sorts of concerns with like a new a new system like this. This thing is agile enough that we can put it in, run it for four months, and then you know, if it's not working well, we can take it out without destroying the business. You see, right? right. Um, so it allows it. It just sets us up for success. Yeah, I think that's that's brilliant. You're uh, and you're still in that startup space, so it, it kind of eliminates that sense of uh, of uh, risk of what if this doesn't work. Don't worry about it. We'll just take it out. No big deal. It's it's not lost on anybody. Um, for these, uh, you, you said the government was your customer. Is it primarily municipal? Is it provincial or are the feds or all three? It's uh, it's provincial for the most part. Okay. Um, we've seen, especially with uh, some of the you know the carbon incentives, uh, the net zero initiatives, things like this. The provinces in Canada have phenomenal programs to support this stuff, and in fact, we're piggybacking on solar and wind, right? Nice. Um, when solar and wind came into, yeah, I guess the renewable mainstream in Canada, um, governments. The governments responded. They built programs to support, you know, private entrepreneurs like me um, coming in and innovating the space. So what we can do now with the, I mean, basically I'm saying it's already proven. So we can say, look, uh, you did this great deal to support the wind farm over here. We would like the same thing. We'll put these in ourselves. Um, you guys buy the power in the same way you buy it from solar farms or wind farms. You know, we're not reinventing yeah. that way. Um so it's really good. Uh, the other thing that I'll say, I mean, it's uh, we have one, and it, it's a bit, it's a bit tongue in cheek, but I've got to mention it because I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And the the nature of hydro rivers is um, it's extremely stable. It's a very stable source of renewable energy mm-hmm. because that water is flowing 24 hours a day. 365 days a year, right? Very minimal variability. So you compare that to wind and solar, it it makes a huge difference. You know, in Canada, obviously we have windy days and not windy days. We have sunny days and cloudy days. And so the energy that's generated from those two categories is quite unpredictable. It's quite spiky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this, it turns out, it's very difficult for large-scale grids, um, you know, these grids that were put in place a long, long time ago, to manage that kind of variability. Hydro, on the other hand, is a very predictable, very stable and consistent um, power source. So, you know, every time that we put in another one of these dams, the energy goes straight onto the grid. It doesn't uh, doesn't disrupt anybody. It doesn't uh, doesn't scare anyone at the power company. You know what I mean? It's really really friendly to our existing systems. Um, so I think that's that's very important to mention. You know, every single dam that goes in, the amount of renewable energy in this country goes up a little bit and a little bit and a little right. bit. It stays there. It doesn't go like this, right? Right, right. And that's an important part of the story. Yeah, that's very cool. So for those of us that are neophytes when it comes to damming and so on, 
how do you connect the energy that is generated with the grid? How does that work? So you need a um, you need a specific type of transformer, um, and so and these exist all over all over the country. Um, so a typical power pole, you're just going to have uh, some, some equipment to kind of move those power lines along. But every once in a while, you'll see a transformer there, and those transformers are able to accept incoming power or balance power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's again, it's not really different infrastructure than what you would need for residential solar. Um, we have great programs in, in Canada to accept kind of surplus solar from a home. Say you have a large house in a particularly sunny area, and you're capturing a lot of sunlight and generating more power than you may need, you can put that power actually back onto the grid and the government will purchase that from you, right? Yeah. yeah. This yeah. system being kind of right in, in between, you know, a residential system and a larger scale power output kind of gets to piggyback on that as well and just say, well, I mean, look, we'll just plug into this, you know, don't worry about it. And I love it. I love it. There, and there's all kinds of uh, examples of uh, that happening already on in, in another uh, tech sector, but uh, uh, yeah. Tell me, what do you do to hang out with the with the, with the, the non part of your world, the non company part? But what do you do to keep busy? Look after you know the fun side of your life. Not that this is fun, but <laughs> you get my point. What, what do you yeah. do with balance? It's a good question. It's a good question for entrepreneurs. You know, um, yeah, it's got yeah. a lot of different answers. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I um, uh, I have a real affinity for building projects. Um, this is this is not my first company and not my last. Um, I've built a. I, I honestly spend a lot of downtime building. Still, I do a lot of e-commerce projects, um, a lot of kind of board advisory stuff like that. Like I really, I love the entrepreneurship community that we have here, and right. I spend a lot of time in there. Um, nice. You know, doing stuff like this with you right now, like this is. Yeah. This is making my day, man. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That's fantastic. Really? So, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, ever since ever since my first company in Montreal, um, I've been I've been really stuck on this, and I'm always looking for for yeah. something. Well, it's it's great. I'm one of my favorite entrepreneurs. The, the quote, quote that he said: "It's not work life balance. It's all just uh, <laughs> it's all just life. Is what it is." And, and so there's nothing to be apologetic about spending a lot of time and doing what you love. That's, that's all about life. Andrew, how do people get in touch with you and, uh, and all the things that you're doing? Well, you know, Rivers, the best way, um, I'll, uh, I'll include my personal email here, but um, the best way is to go to our website. And, okay. you know, it's, it's been amazing. We've done a little bit of a communications push over the past little while. Um, yeah. Uh, you probably said we we've had an incredible honor for come from London, sort of spotlighting the company, uh, and I can talk a little bit about that. But we had we had sort of a, a bit of a launch of the business very recently, and I've been so incredibly inspired by the amount of the number of people who have come to the website, hit the contact form, and reached out with either just supportive words like we've always thought about this in Canada. It's really exciting yeah. to see this happening. To um, you know, communities reaching out saying, "I've got ten of these in my riding or in my in my city." You know, could could you have a look at Bridgewater? Could you have a look at Peterborough? Could you you know, etc. Um, 
So that's the best way to get in touch. And in fact, it's uh, it's been so incredible. We've had um, we've had a lot of inbound from outside of Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these uh, one of the benefits of building hydro systems that are this kind of compact, this easy to understand and install, mm-hmm. is uh, they they are pretty much the perfect size to power kind of rural communities. and even developing communities right right um we had uh i'll tell you a story just from this morning um it's because it was super inspiring to me and it's just top of mind we had uh, a message come in from a town in bosnia um who said look uh they've got a they have an interesting story since the war in bosnia they haven't been able they've had trouble kind of balancing their grid um, so voltage stabilization is an issue out there. And so they, uh, moving to renewables, they can't really adopt solar or wind because it's too unstable. Right. Um, so their only option is hydro. And uh, so we went straight into exploring a, uh, an export project with Bosnia to put as many units as we can on the ground and, uh, and make this easy for them. Please. So, yeah, the website is the way to get to me. Um, and we really what's the spelling for the website is it what, it's just as simple yeah it's aslanrenewables.com perfect perfect and uh linkedin are you uh you're a fan of linkedin i'm all over it as you <laughs> <laughs> well that's great that's another way we can all get a hold of you yeah. well listen andrew this has been uh just a great uh interview a conversation i think more than anything about what what you're doing the pei and I congratulate you on your journey. Congratulate you on uh, wanting to uh, to uh, get out there and not make it just a small project. Make it a project that's going to impact thousands and thousands of people. I think that, that's uh, really cool. And doing it from from PEI. Can you just talk about the uh, the PEI entrepreneurs uh, ecosystem? Because although this is an Atlantic Canada Canada version, we like to know what's going on with the, uh, the local uh, startup community. Uh, and supporting what it is you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. We have a we have a very vibrant startup community in PEI. Um, I'm really proud of the work that the province innovation PEI has done. The university has done a great job of supporting entrepreneurs. Um, we have an incubator accelerator here called the Startup Zone, which is always full of people, always full of new ideas moving around. Um, we have our first uh, our first local VC showed up on on Prince Edward Island a couple a couple of years ago called Island nice. Capital Partners. Nice. So yeah, I'm look, I'm super proud to be here, proud to be part of that community, and uh, I hope this is a, a great feather in its hat, you know, Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds uh, it, it sounds uh, like you're on the right track with everything. With your background and connections and so on, I suspect will be. Seeing another success story from uh, from you. So, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Canada's podcast today, Andrew. Uh, we really appreciate it. Continued good luck. Thanks for reaching out. Have a great day. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure.